Welcome to Love Punch, challenging entrepreneurs, artists, and thought leaders to make a lasting impact. I'm your host, Ruby Fremont, and I'm here as a catalyst for you, the new generation of thought leaders. I'm a kick-ass life coach, a bullshit detector, and courageous communicator. I'll show you how to take bold action and create massive impact through a powerful process that I call CPR. Courage, persistence, and resilience to go after what you really fucking want. It's time to unapologetically do what you're here to do and do it your way. So get ready and let's make shit happen. Hey everyone, we are back and I am excited as usual because I have got a soul sister on the podcast today. Ms. Giovanna Caposa is a transformational coach, writer, speaker, and host of her weekly podcast, She Rises. As both a trained alternative medicine doctor and spiritual teacher, this self-professed nerdy girl bridges the art and science of alternative healing concepts and deep coaching to support successful women seeking to find their next level of meaning, purpose, and vitality in their lives without burning out. So important. So important. Get ready for her first full book, Unsettled, A Restless Woman's Journey to Life on Her Own Terms, planned to be completed November 2018. Super fucking excited. Giovanna, welcome to Love Punch. Hi, welcome. I'm excited to be on your show. I'm excited yeah. to have Long you. Long time fan, first time interviewer. <laughs> That's so great to hear. Um, it's so cool that you have this book on the horizon. I know you've been super excited about that. And I just love, love, love the work you do because you. You, bridge, you do bridge so much. It's not just deep coaching. It's like bringing the holistic and alternative practices into it, which I think is is important because we're so much more than just our minds, right? It's like mind, body, spirit. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me here. It's going to be a fun conversation. I can already tell. Yeah. So <laughs> why don't we just like dive right in? Sure, let's um, do it. So before we hit record, you were telling me about the love punch that changed your life. And that mm. was the love punch that you experienced. So I'd love for you to share with our listeners and viewers. Yeah. love punch. Back in 2010, um, we were all sitting around the kitchen table, passing plates and eating, and we had just come back from the last sort of viewing um, and the day that we buried my mom. And I found myself wandering back into the bedroom where I'd last seen her alive. She passed away at home. And I just curled up on the bed and I started sobbing. Like I didn't even, I didn't even realize what was coming out of my mouth. I was literally screaming and it was guttural and primal. And my sisters all rushed in and, and sort of tried to comfort me. And, and in them comforting me, this question just came flying out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. And I had this sort of a bit of an out of body moment where I looked and said, where did that come from? And the question, the love punch was, who's going to love me now? Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because at the time I remember having this, like I said, this out of body, like what, like, let's like, cause my, the rational part of my mind was like, well, you know, I had a fiance at the time I had family, you know, my dad was still around. Like, what do you mean? Like it didn't make sense rationally, but it had come from this really, really deep place that I didn't even know was really what was running the show of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't actually get to see that until you know, I was literally on the floor again in grief uh, several years later after a relationship breakdown. 
that that memory came back and I had this sort of aha of like, oh my God, this has been running all of my decisions, like career, relationships, everything. Wow. So that was, that was a peak moment. It's interesting that a question like that can be running your life and your choices and your decision-making. You know, we, we make choices consciously and unconsciously, right? But we don't often think about what is the thing that's actually driving us to make these uh, choices in our lives. Like what is actually driving us to piece by piece create our life by making these choices that eventually lead into the life that we're experiencing today. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we know as, as coaches, the power of a powerful question. Mm-hmm. We also know the power of a not so great question. Mm-hmm. And questions, questions that are disempowering, like who's going to love me now? I mean, there's a presupposition in there of all kinds of things. I'm not lovable. Um, this was my only source of love and now she's gone. And so therefore no more love. Um, you know, there's, there's so many things entwined in that. And so it's the power of a question. And are we asking the, the most powerful questions we can, or are we asking questions that are really disempowering us? Yeah. 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 And I mean, maybe there are people like us who are already, we've been in the work and so we can actually recognize when a question is empowering or disempowering. But what about for those, you know, listening who are like, well, am I asking myself disempowering questions? Like, how do we even start to dive into that? I mean, that right there is a great question. Like what, one of the things now is what are the questions that are running my life? And mm-hmm. the way I, I, I tell people and, and teach people how to look at that is, you know, look at your life and see what's working and what's not working. And the stuff that's not working is because something's underneath that. Now, you know, it can sometimes take a huge life event, like happened to me, for this question to bubble up. Like, I didn't know that was kicking around in there. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, for years, like I knew the theories of self-love, right? Like, and I knew the whole, um, you know, I was very into, I was very obsessed and like, you know, the body image and weight stuff, which is still up for me always. But mm-hmm. at that age that that was huge for me, I had put on 40 additional pounds when my mom got sick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by the end of my engagement, I was 220 pounds. I was, you know, it was just out of control. And so I didn't know that that was the question running the show. And mm-hmm. I knew the theory of self-love and, and I was, you know, I always hear Dr. Phil's voice in my head, you know, from way <laughs> back in the day that you're, you're old and you're fat because you don't love yourself, right? It's like, right. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But I only got it up here. Mm-hmm. Like I got it as a concept. So, you know, I didn't know that that was running the show until it came bursting out of me. And so for people listening that are wondering, and I, this is a great question to ask is, do I have any like questions that are sort of running my life? Really, you have to look at Um, the conscious in order to see the unconscious. So look at what's not working. Like look at where there's conflict. Look at what is the thing that you keep bumping up against, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And as much as this question has completely transformed my world or answering the question rather has completely transformed my world and my self-esteem and all kinds of things, I'm still, you know, finding the answer to that question I know the answer now in a, in a way that that's deeper than I ever knew it. Mm-hmm. And it's always a work in progress. So I think what you asked is perfect is what questions 
might be unconsciously running my life. Mm, yeah. 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 And I'm sure for you just experiencing it in your own life and realizing the true power of these questions, it's helped you unlock so much more potential and um, ownership for creating right? And then making the decisions. Cause it, I keep hearing the word ownership because I feel like so much of this is about ownership as well. It's like yeah. really taking ownership for the questions that we're asking ourselves for the driving forces beneath our choices and our decisions and the way in which we choose to live our lives. Yeah. I mean, it's the ultimate in, in what I would call radical responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. is, I love that. Is, yeah. Is sort of like what have I been creating, right? If we, if we create everything, there's a, there's a line in A Course in Miracles that um, it's a lesson rather, you know, I, I created this and it is this I will undo. And in that lesson, I mean, it's a really hard lesson to swallow because in that lesson, what it's teaching is that you create everything. And so if, I'm, if I have this experience in front of me, I have somehow created it because I wanted it. And even saying that out loud right now, when I first read that, uh, lesson in a course, I thought, well, well, no, I don't like this. I don't agree with this. I don't agree with it for my life. I don't agree with it when I see other things in the world and other people's lives. And yet it's, it's much deeper than a new agey concept of, of that keeps it sort of airy. It's, it's going into that radical responsibility where, where can I take responsibility for my peace, right? Mm -hmm. um, where can I no longer remain the victim of my life, despite what's gone on behind, uh, in front of me or happened to me, seemingly, mm -hmm. where could I take that responsibility? And for me, I wasn't taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. I was looking to everything and everyone outside of myself to save me, to mm -hmm. give me validation, to give me worth. Um, you know, you mentioned burnout in my bio, like, you know, I joke that the type A high achieving mm -hmm. entrepreneurial women that come to work with me are basically me right. um, because I did that, right? Like bought the t-shirt, got the PhD, like I get that. And what's driving the force underneath that causes the burnout? Because there's three levels of burnout and mm -hmm. they all sort of fall in line, right? Spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. Mm -hmm. And what's running the show? Because if we don't have those toxic beliefs running the show, we won't get there. <laughs> right. We don't have to get to burnout. Yeah. And I think it's really, yeah, I love that you brought up toxic beliefs. You know, everyone listening has heard the concept of limiting beliefs, toxic beliefs. And I always say like the goal isn't to get rid of these beliefs because as long as we're growing and expanding and learning new things and experiencing new things and breaking new glass ceilings, we're going to collect more beliefs. Totally. But it's like the awareness and so what I love about this, this art of questioning um, is that this is helping you drive yourself deeper into your awareness. Yes. You know, there's, there's way too many teachers out there who are telling you to like, get, we, we have ways for you to get rid of your fears. We have ways for you to get rid of your beliefs. And it's like, that's not what this is about. This is about learning how to navigate through all of that in yeah. a really empowering way. It's, yeah, it's cultivating self-awareness from, you know, another concept that I hold dearly is from a place of curiosity. Mm. Um, I have been, you know, in the spiritual world for well over 20 years. I happen to have started when I was 18, uh, earlier than that, but I, my first spiritual mentor, I was 19 when I saw her. And there's this concept that, that's been floating around for a long time and some people still have it with them. And it's, and I call it new age guilt. Mm. And the new age guilt comes with, 
the principle that I introduced just earlier, that we could turn that into new age guilt, right? Like the ego mm -hmm. will use anything and everything at its disposal, including spirituality and including, you know, the new age to make you guilty or shameful. And so what I, what I don't want the audience listening to get from, you know, the, the awareness and questioning of yourself that there needs to be some sort of like, oh my God, I created this. Like what, what, mm -hmm. what must I be thinking to manifest this thing in the world and, mm -hmm. and to really get into the guilt and shame of it because we want to get away from guilt and shame. Right. So I call that new age guilt. So don't new age guilt yourself. Be curious. Ask these questions from a place of cultivating self-awareness and curiosity. And also from a knowingness that essentially you are good and essentially you are innocent. Like that's the core of you. Mm. Um, and so I, I wanted to specify that because sometimes when we hear, um, you know, principles like that, when I quoted about the Course in Miracles, mm -hmm. we can take that into that guilty place where we start to blame ourselves for things in our life. And that's not what this is about. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought it back there because I was going to bring it back there. Yeah, Because um, I know that there's definitely people who are listening that when you said that quote from ACIM is, it probably triggered them. And they're like, yeah. wait a second, this is kind of fucked up. And, um, you know, this- It is fucked up. It, it could is. be fucked up. And, and this is what I it mean by- It fuck you up. To oh my God. I, for years, for years, and that's why I call, I call people out on it and I call the kind of the new age out on it because it fucked me up for years, mm -hmm. right? It was the mea culpa, mea culpa thing. And that's not the purpose of that statement. The statement is to claim radical responsibility for your expressions and your, your piece, right? It's mm -hmm. not to make you guilty or shameful for something, you know, this, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really super, uh, a, a, a stand, I take a stand for that. I'm really super adamant about it not being that way. Yeah. Cause you know, yeah. I I've made posts about this before uh, similar topics and there's always like the people who will post back and be like, so I deserve to have this happen to me or the people who are starving in this country deserve, you know, this life and all this stuff. And it's like, it's not about that. It's about, okay, this is what's happening. Where yeah. can I claim responsibility? for where I move from here. Right. And it's, a, it's about empowering yourself, yes. right? Because if you, if you just do that and say it is what it is and now what, mm. like what, what, now what, what, and the now what is more empowering when it comes from your own resourcefulness, than who can I blame for this? You know, how can I make my, you know, feel sorry for myself because of this or who, who can I wag my finger at? Mm -hmm. um, so Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've had those comments back too. So I get mm -hmm. it. <laughs> I love that sentence. It is what it is. So now what? I think that wraps it up and sums it up really tightly and nicely. Makes it really easy to remember because there's so many things that, I mean, if we look at the world and we talk about like all the different lives, I mean, it's all these layers of different peoples and different people's experiences and circumstances and what, what they're creating and our lives often intertwine you know, because we experience things with other people. We don't have control over other people's actions, thoughts, or words. We only have control over ours. And mm -hmm. so when the actions, thoughts, and words of others affect or impact us in some way, or if we are born into what many people consider like underprivileged circumstances, it is what it is. And now what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is so empowering. And it's the understanding that 
when that, you know, it's, it's funny that we're, we're staying here a little bit because I think it's important, but you know, that whole, like you create your reality thing, it, what's missing from there is what's the creation is from your perception. Mm. So it's not like a physical, like I created this coffee mug because right. I, you know, wanted to manifest coffee or whatever, some mm-hmm. bullshit like that. Right. The creation is happening from your perception and we can only take responsibility for our perception because that's where, you know, if I, I have a lamp right here in front of me and if I throw a blue veil on it, all the light coming out of it is going to be blue. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for that blue veil. I'm responsible for whatever filter I'm putting on my re- perception. So mm-hmm. going back to this whole, like, it's not that literal, right? Like people, people that responded to your posts are like really taking it literal, right? Right. Totally. It is about like, okay, this is the situation. Now, what can I do about it? And the happiest people we've seen, and there's been different research and articles and, and shows some of the happiest people have the least amount of things. And maybe to some other of us would say, oh, well, they're less fortunate than we are. But it's all in your perception and how you perceive your role. And ultimately, that's what creates your reality. And that's the only thing you're responsible for. Mm. That is so important on a whole other level. <laughs> I, I love the topic of perceptions. Mm. I feel like social media, the landscape of digital technology has amplified the ability for people to broadcast their perceptions, which has impact on others. And yet people are not owning the fact that, but this is my perception. You know, they see it as this is, but this is really how I see it. So it must be true. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my listeners are, there are a lot of them are rising thought leaders, people who are looking to stand out and create impact. And I know that this can often be a big stumbling block for them. It's like getting in your own way. What is it that you're really perceiving? And what is it that's really driving you? I feel like these two things almost go hand in hand. And mm-hmm. if you can like master those two things or even just become really fucking aware of the way in which you're perceiving the world and the questions that you're asking yourself. And then saying this out loud, it's funny because the questions that you actually ask yourself are probably the things that are impacting your perceptions. Yeah. It's like all tied hand in hand. If you can really gain that deep awareness of, of this, then imagine, imagine how much further you can rise up in your own power. Imagine how much more of an impact you'd be able to create. I feel like so much more would be freed. Mm-hmm. Well, and that goes back to that question, you know, my love punch of who's going to love me now and the presupposition in there that love was missing somehow. Mm-hmm. So that was my filter, right? right. That, that question created my filter. So everywhere I looked, I was seeing a lack of love. And so I needed to prove it by being the ultimate super helper healer in my alternative medicine practice until I basically got to the point where if my sister called me to ask which vitamin C to buy for the kids, I was like, fucking Google it. I don't care. Like I literally got to the point of like, I don't care. Like I hate people because I burnt myself out because I gave and I gave and I gave. Mm -hmm. But again, not understanding that there was this question I was trying to answer. And that was the filter that I put in front of me. So I love that you tied the two together because they are tied together. Mm-hmm. You know, that whatever question is running your life right now is connected to the filter. It is the filter. 
mm. you know, and then therefore the, the perception. Right. It's impacting, it's directly impacting the way in which you perceive the world, the way in which you perceive others. And, you know, I think a really interesting way to do this, I mean, this is a practice I do. Like if I ever find myself judging, because uh-huh. I'll admit, I can be judgy We're sometimes. Human. We're human. Yeah. Oh, I've got a story for you after this. <laughs> <laughs> but and social media makes it easy to like oh, yeah. bring the judginess out. And anytime I find myself judging, I always ask myself, okay, what is it that I'm perceiving in this moment? I always ask myself that. And now I feel like it's going to be even more interesting. It's going to add a depth to the layer to be like, okay, but now what is the question that's driving that perception? And now I want to hear your judgy story. (laughs) Oh my God. I have such a good judgy story. Okay. Like totally. And this is why I say to people all the time, like, don't put anyone on any kind of guru pedestal because mm-hmm. we are all a WIP. We're all a work in progress. Okay. So <laughs> I see this article, like, so I'm, I'm, I'm friends with this person on Facebook. Who's, who's very, very well known and, you know, famous in the alternative sort of healy witchy world. Right. Love her to bits. She posts this article and, and she had her, her own commentary on the article. And I read the article and it was from the New York times and the flames just rose up in me, right? Mm. I got so pissed because this article was on this man who I will not name here because it's not about him, but it was about this man who happens to actually be here in Toronto and what he was teaching and how big his audience is. And it was all around, I felt, you know, this misogyny, patriarchal suppression of women. And I read this article and I just, like the flames rose up in me. And so Mm. I you know, immediately, right? It's like, repost! Yeah. <laughs> so I started typing away. And, and I, you know, I was like, pay attention to this, like, you know, peddler, what did I say? I was very eloquent, actually, a peddler mm-hmm. of patriarchy. And I said something else quite elo- eloquent in my name calling. And I was just irate. And of course, because it's such a hot button topic, mm-hmm. the comments came in, which I actually loved because it started an amazing, amazing dialogue, which is a topic for a whole other show about how, you know, masculinity is, is feeling threatened by this fall of patriarchy. You know, again, topic of a whole other show. Um, they don't need to be. Um, but anyways, um, so all this conversation started and this one guy who was defending the person in the article, he, he wrote a bunch of stuff and he was actually very polite. He was very polite you know, he said, you know, you should read, this is an opinion piece from the New York Times. Like it's somebody else's opinion, like you just said. And he said, you know, you should read this, this, and this. And, you know, I told him I'd look into it further. And, and he called me out mm. on the fact that I was name calling mm-hmm. and judging in my post. And I was like, fuck, I <laughs> totally was. And, and so there's a way in which you can use social media to highlight topics that are important to you. Mm -hmm. And then there's the judgy name calling. Right. And so I literally, you know, I had to, what is it when you eat crow or you eat your own, whatever it is. So I sat back and I was (laughs) like, damn, I was like, I, I totally did that, you know? And I wrote him back and I said, you know, I, I'm going to give you that. I said, because that's, that is uncalled for. Um, there is no need for name calling when expressing an opinion or a view. Um, and, and, you know, he, to his credit, he said, you know, thank you. Thank you for doing that, et cetera. And I just, but I had to sit with it like literally for a couple of days because I had to sit 
in the place of my own judgment and ask myself what you just said, the question of like, where is this coming from? And I had to acknowledge that I allowed myself to get caught up in the drama because when I read that article, the primary emotion that came up in me was fear. Mm. was fear. I was, I was reading all this stuff about his views on, you know, wanting to get rid of women's studies Mm -hmm. and ethical studies and, you know, classes on, uh, on race and getting out of the, getting them out of the universities. And I had fear come up. And when we have that underlying core thing come up, which is usually always fear, we, we tend to make like not great decisions, you know? Yep. So that's my super judgy story. And I had to call myself out on it. Now I did my due diligence. I did research this man ad nauseum. I still mm-hmm. stand by, you know, the, the principles of what I said, but not the name calling. Cause there's no need for judging in that right. way. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. It's all around. And we all have these little blue scarves that are mm-hmm. filtering us somehow. Mm. Mm. I love that you shared that story because it it feels super relatable. I think we've all been guilty of doing something similar yeah. to to some extent. Um, you know, it's easy when something triggers our emotions in such a way, and because social media is right there, yeah. and we can just like quickly type something up, one button, that's it. Yeah. Yep, and we press enter, and it happens immediately. And mm-hmm. you know, and then we start to think about, okay, well, what's really going. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit. I was just listening to an interview with Marie Forleo and she calls like her alter ego Jersey Marie. And I was like, oh, I have a Jersey Marie. <laughs> I'm not even from Jersey. I'm like, I totally have a Jersey Marie. And it's true because we don't, and here, here's what's important in this with dealing with, you know, getting back to our conversation on perceptions mm-hmm. is, is creating the gap between the stimulus and the reaction. Like if I created a gap between the stimulus and the reaction, I could have come into better touch with the core of what was coming up for me. And I, I probably would have still shared the article because I think it's really important to be aware of rising thought leaders that are maybe perpetuating a thought system that's potentially dangerous. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I wouldn't have done the name calling. I would have worded it differently, you know? And so, but it's like you said, it's so easy to press share mm-hmm. and not create that gap and write, you know, just spit out a bunch of stuff. And this is what is created now. And then people, you know, so, you know you've had this happen, I'm sure, where mm-hmm. someone doesn't even read the article you post. Right. Totally. And then they comment all this stuff and you're like, dude, did you like, did you read it? Yes. Yeah, like <laughs> from start to finish. Did you read it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And that's all about, it brings us, that brings it back to like radical responsibility, right? Being radically responsible for the way in which you are managing your perceptions. Yeah. And not just vomiting them out into the world. Exactly. And, and you brought up a really good point in asking the deeper question, like what, where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. Like, where's this response coming from? Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, yeah, that's part of the responsibility. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it can be a really difficult question to ask ourselves, where is this coming from? Because usually we, that's a part of us that we don't want to face, or it's a part of us that we have yet to heal, or it's, you know, coming from a wound that we have yet to recognize or have been avoiding consciously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The moment you start to really dig into these questions and have the willingness to be in that uncomfortable place you are going to start to open yourself up 
to experiencing so much more of, of your power. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I was just going to say another love punch question that's bubbling up for me right Mm -hmm. now. And you just, it was a great segue. Um, my, in that, in all those comments, one of the Course in Miracles teachers that I've, I followed for years, he, he posted at the bottom and he mm-hmm. was like, he's like, he's very kind. He's like, Giovanna, he's like, I know this guy, I know his work. I agree with some of what he says, you know, I don't agree with others, but he said, you know, he's just, a, he's just a man who just has these thoughts. And he mm-hmm. said, he said, you know, you're, you're giving away so much power to him. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. And so this, this question that bubbled up as you were talking is where or to what or with whom are you giving away your power? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And I totally was being in all that drama. Mm. I love that because you know, <laughs> there's something that I say a lot and it's like, we never run, we never, someone, people aren't capable of taking away our power. It is us who renders ourselves powerless. Yeah. You know, pointing the finger, placing blame, shifting your responsibility, not being responsible. Um, all of that is you giving away your power. Yeah. And, absolutely. and it, it affects the impact that you're here to create. It affects the way in which you, you relate to other people. It affects the way in which you show up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to add to that too, for people that are listening, like this is in no way to minimize any kind of like sacred activism, mm-hmm. but it's to do it from a place where you're, you're again, being radically responsible with how you show up in that moment. Because, you know, I don't want to take away from people who are listening thinking, oh, but you didn't agree with what was written and you, and you should have a voice and you should say what's wrong. And I totally agree with that. And I don't think anyone should stop talking or hide their voice or not speak up or not be an activist in any way, shape or form, even if it's Mm -hmm. tiny, like posting an article. Um, But it's in the way in which you, you do it that either you're getting sucked into the drama and you're giving your power away or you're doing it from a place where you maintain power and integrity and you're still speaking up and you're still being that voice. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, we highlight that for people listening. Yeah, that's a really important distinction, especially nowadays when social activism is really important and, you know, both you and I encourage it, but I love that you created that distinction for people to understand, like, am I doing this from an empowered place or from like a disempowered place? Am I doing this from the judgy place? Yeah, from the The angry, scared place. Right, from the Jersey girl in me or the Jersey guy in me, or am I doing it from a place of really true understanding and groundedness in my power? Yeah. Yeah. And you can be angry in that and you can be righteous in that and you can speak up. Yes. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Mm, I love this topic. I know. We've kind of, we've zigzagged in all these different places. I like it. I know. That's the beauty of conversations. There's free flow, which is fun. (laughs) (laughs) It is fun. Um, So Giovanna, we are nearing the end of this episode. Time goes by really fast here on Love Punch. Yeah. Um, And at the end of every episode, I like to turn the tables to my guest and ask them to share a love punch for people to remember this uh, episode by. Like, what is something that they could say to themselves to kind of snap back into what we are talking about today? Yeah. 
I, what comes up for me immediately is what questions are running my life and making my decisions for me. Mm. Yeah. And everyone listening, you can ask yourself that now and <laughs> start yeah. digging and excavating and seeing what's coming up for you. And if you find yourselves in moments of judgment on social media, which happens people or in real life, ask yourself the questions, dig into the judgment, see what's underneath so that you could really reclaim your power. Giovanna, thank you so much for being on today's episode of Love Punch. I truly appreciate you. My pleasure. It was so much fun. I love speaking to you anytime, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Love Punch, where I am challenging thought leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs like you to make a lasting impact. If you loved this episode between me and Giovanna, please share it with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. If you have any questions or want to reach out to me, hit me up on social. My handle is at I am Ruby. And Giovanna, how can our listeners stalk you online? Ooh, a lovingly stalk. Well, mm -hmm. uh, you can go to sherisespodcast.com to listen to all the past episodes and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music to listen there. Uh, you can find out more information about me on the website as well. And of course, you can find me uh, on Instagram at she underscore rises underscore podcast. Awesome. And I'll have those links in the show notes. Um, so thank you again. And I will see you all here next week for a brand new episode of Love Punch.